Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The geckos in the media don't even wait for the body count before they blame every single law-abiding gun owner and Republican voter. Their first response to any event like this is to check the race of the shooter. And when it's convenient, it becomes about the shooter's intent, how they can pin it on all white people or claim that the majority of their political enemies are white supremacists, even though I don't know a single conservative who doesn't condemn white supremacy. The Republicans refuse to condemn white supremacy. I condemn white supremacy. But you ever notice that people on the left never have to condemn anything except for people on the right? There's no violence on their side. There's no dangerous people on their side. Nothing bad ever happens on their side. Mostly peaceful. The shooter, which you know that they were sitting, they were on their knees praying, holding uh, Mehdi Hassan's hand, who is one of the worst of the geckos, who came out last night first out of the gate and demanded absolute contempt for anyone who would say thoughts and prayers. Well, thoughts and prayers, Mehdi. Show me all the contempt you want, pal. The employees in the newsrooms of MSNBC and CNN were hoping and praying that the shooter would be white. And somehow they could tie the shooter to white supremacy and then, of course, make the dotted line to MAGA and Donald Trump or what have you. The shooter is not white. His name is Salvador Ramos. So they immediately started talking about his place of birth, North Dakota. This has nothing to do with North Dakota. Uvalde is a majority Hispanic community. The shooter was Hispanic. The victims were Hispanic. So the media not being able to make this about race have tried their best to point to one of the whitest states in the Union, North Dakota, and say, well... He's from North Dakota. This has nothing to do with North Dakota. And now you have a competition from basketball coaches to left-wing senators jumping up and down and saying, we have to do something. Do what? All the gun laws in New York didn't save one life in Buffalo. And didn't save one life in the subway of New York City. The fact that no one died was a miracle. But it was not for lack of opportunity. Frank James, who we've all forgotten about because, again, we only remember the white shooters. We don't remember the Omar Mateens and the Nadal Hassans. And the, the Farouk Saeed, uh, Saeed Farouks and all that. We don't remember those people. They go down the memory hole. We know Dylan Roof. That's who we know. And for some reason, for some ungodly reason, they're trying to pair this with the second anniversary of the death of George Floyd. This has nothing to do with George Floyd. George Floyd was not shot. This has nothing, absolutely nothing to do at all with George Floyd or Black Lives Matter. 
But now they're just assigning everything they can to this. Here's another thing. We're starting to get the details that he was apparently, he was Adam Lanza. Salvador Ramos was the Adam Lanza of Omar Mateens. A shut-in. Um, he apparently had a lisp that people made fun of. He endured gay slurs. He was mocked for his clothing. He apparently was mocked for his hairstyle at some point and then grew his hair long, I guess. He was considered a creep by the female employees where he worked at Wendy's. He apparently was enraged by the fact he was unable to graduate high school. He was known to go about the community with a BB gun and shoot random people. Now, why was he never charged with that? If everyone in the community knew that he would go around and shoot people with a BB gun, if he had been charged, he would have been unable to acquire the two AR-15s, the two AR-15s that he acquired. By the way, since Barack Obama wants to weigh in, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's point a little finger at him. This kid was known to be violent, again, to shoot people. There's one account that says he used to put on boxing gloves and go around punching people, random people, but yet seemed to have no criminal record. Now, why is that? Well, if you remember the Race to the Top program, everybody forgot this. Barack Obama's program, Obama and Holder, instituted the Race to the Top program. And the way schools got the grant money, as they did in Parkland, was to use social workers, not law enforcement, to deal with violent students with the unattended consequence of people like Nicholas Cruz being deranged and violent and never having a criminal record. And the story we were told by Obama and Holder is that high schools with high minority populations tended to have students that ended up in prison, and that had to come to an end. So Nicholas Cruz went on and on and on, never being confronted by law enforcement. He was dealt with by social workers with the obvious consequences. Schools across the country have been encouraged not to let school resource officers deal with violent students, but to have the violent students dealt with by counselors, I mean, everybody's trans nowadays, right? To deal with counselors and social workers and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So maybe if he had been arrested for his violent acts, he would not have been able to acquire those firearms legally. Now, I don't know what his life was like. I'm only reading the, I'm only reading the accounts that involve students and coworkers. Allegedly, his grandmother was evicting his mother 
for drug use. He would fight with his mother often. He ended up shooting his grandmother along with the wave of children and their teachers in the fourth grade of the Robb Elementary School. But because the media can no longer assign or cannot assign race and politics to this, it's now we need gun control. Now we need gun control. We've had guns in this country. The citizens have had the right to keep and bear arms in this country since its founding, since before its founding. Until 1933, you could walk into a hardware store, even in my state of New Jersey, walk out with a fully automatic Thompson. If it weren't for the crime waves of organized crime, which came from banning the sale of alcohol, again, government. You know, it's not productive, intellectual, or statesmanlike to pass a law simply to force the citizenry into compliance that does nothing to solve a problem. What it does do, however, is create the law of unintended consequences. And we saw that with the ban on the sale of alcohol. The unintended consequences were the rise of organized crime. The rise of organized crime gave rise to the use of firearms illegally, which gave rise to the first gun control legislation in this country. But until then, the average American, no background check, nothing could walk into a store and walk out with a firearm because that's how the Second Amendment worked. And we never had a school shooting. We didn't have school shootings. We didn't have mass shootings. But we're loath to talk about social contagion. As we see now with the all of a sudden magical rise in the number of kids who are all of a sudden trans and non-binary and pansexual and gender fluid. You even have transgender psychologists who are saying it's a social contagion. It's not real. The people that instituted the lockdowns for two years were people, probably like Salvador Ramos. They said he was entirely a normal kid until about the eighth or ninth grade. When you have kids who are locked away, locked away for almost two years, there's going to be a measurable percentage of kids who will be affected mentally. Now, I will not sign on to uh, blame, sign any blame to his wardrobe, apparently, of wearing mostly black and military boots, because that's how I dressed in high school. And I had long hair. I wore a biker jacket, a Misfits t-shirt, a Ramones t-shirt, a GBH t-shirt, an Anthrax t-shirt, whatever t-shirt of whatever band I felt like wearing, and black combat boots. And you know what? i got to be honest. Outside of the high black combat boots, my fashion sense has not changed much. Still a pair of jeans, still a black T-shirt, nowadays PF Flyer sneakers. Same biker jacket, by the way. I've had the same biker jacket for about 25, 30 years. So I don't assign any blame to someone's fashion sense. But now you have people screaming, do something, do something, do something. The same people that have made peace with partial birth abortion now are demanding gun control. Even better, 
The people that want to defund the police are demanding gun control. I got news for you. You can't run gun control, gun confiscation, and defund the police. You don't have enough cops to do it, even if you brought in state, local, and federal altogether. There are more gun owners than there are law enforcement. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. But we have the usuals. Chris Murphy, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to tell you that the assault weapons ban prevented mass shootings. No, it didn't. Columbine happened right in the dead center of the Clinton era assault weapons ban. So that's that's nonsense. Memorial Day weekend is this weekend. There will be, there will be double-digit homicides in Chicago. Double-digit homicides. You want to talk about black bodies? Black bodies will be stacked up at the morgue this weekend. Are they going to pass another gun control law there? The crime rate is through the roof here in New York City. We just saw that white supremacist, yes, terrorist, yes, murder innocent black people in Buffalo. Was that because of a lack of gun control laws? Or is it gun-free zone equals soft target? Oh, we have the audio. I've got more. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken, Sirius XMP. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.